Go Loud presents Murder Most Irish. Doing it wrong. We the best it. music. Right, we're gonna do this now. We have to I know you in. wanna see me naked. We gotta put it in for 30 seconds. One, two. Premium podcasting going on here. We're doing a COVID test we're live doing a COVID test on the podcast. Live on a audible meeting. Because we are going to New York, and if I don't get to go to New York, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna burn my apartment down with everyone in it. I'm gonna invite everybody over and just burn it down. I you included. Do I have to come over? Yeah. But I don't want to get burnt down. Yeah. I'd be in New York. These are all getting burnt. No, you can't go without me! <laughs> Actually, you should totally go without me. Um, and just meet up with Helen and Ivan and uh, Brenda and just be like, Emma couldn't come because she's yeah, got the... Yeah, she did. She got the COVID, so... She died now. So she won't be coming over. She Sorry about it. She and she did. So we're going one, two, two three, four. I'm going to do four to be on safe side. Five. And people are like, you're not meant to do four, actually. Actually, you're meant to do three, actually. Oh, Jesus, what's on the ground? Hello, everybody. Hello on this a historic day. The Uguitcha Korov. Korja. Yeah. Nope, said that wrong. The Uguitcha Korja. A uh, $5 million award offered as Kinahan <laughs> Group. Hit by US sanctions. The FBI is after the Kinnans. The US government has imposed sanctions on three of the most senior members of the Kinahan Organised Crime Group and offered rewards up to $5 million for information leading to the arrests or the financial disruption of the gang. Daniel Kinahan, who is named in the High Court as the controller and manager of the Kinahan gang, his father, Christopher Sr. Ah, it's a family business. A convicted drug trafficker and brother, Christopher Jr., who was caught travelling on a false identity document in Germany, have all been placed on an Office of Foreign Assets Control, which is a list of the US Treasury Department. Oh my Lads, God. the Kinnahans are in trouble with the FBI. Look at the teeth on your man. Gas. Big turkey Look teat. at those turkey teeth. Turkey teeth. Uh, the Kinnahan shit is mental. I don't think people, like, people have this, like, idea that Ireland is, like, super like safe Idealistic. and like yeah happens. and then it's like nah, la, la, la. no everybody was in fella shop fingless the other day as well execution style execution style uh, there's a lot of shit going on in Dublin and Ireland is not just Dublin um, but that's mad I saw that this morning about Kinahans and I was like for fuck's sake I couldn't stop laughing the FBI I think the draw <laughs> I think the draw is out today for something to do with the Euro World Cup qualifiers or something what's that I don't know football I don't give a fuck about football don't you talk football. to me about football. Sarah has uh, some sort of we think hernia. And now, like, don't I? Do you know what? I don't know. I just spend my people, time diagnose, diagnosing you, don't I? You do, but like, I just think people need to. Don't be feeling bad for me. Like, I'm Hi- sick and tired Hi- of this nonsense. A hiatus hernia. A hiatus hernia. A hiatus hernia. Oh, okay. a hiatus hernia. That's I a, va- no that's a man. <laughs> She's got a little small a box little 
Fuck's all that in her we're, stomach. We don't have COVID, lads. We're clear. Hey, no everybody! COVID. Say, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Murder Most Irish. Episode eighty-three, lads. Episode we're seventeen away from a hundred. We might hit a hundred in the next two and a half years. Never. Like I just feel like it's not going to happen. We'll keep you teetering on the brink. <laughs> we're bringing it. We're written up. And then we're like, we're not. There's no episode next week. No, there's no episode. Uh, we're going. Uh, we're going off somewhere. <laughs> We've just decided that life oh. is too much. We're going to New York in two weeks. Two and a bit two weeks. Two and a bit weeks. I'm just living for it at this point. Uh, please, God. We were just supposed to record last night and we decided to go get our nails done. TGGBBG. TGBGPG. Um, um, someone we'll I know was going to Las Vegas today but they had to fly to London first. Right. And they got to the, air, the airport four hours before and they were still late for the plane. No. Mm-hmm. Apparently he throws in bits. So and, apparently uh, all the other airports around Europe Manchester are the same. is in bits. Uh, I saw Manchester is really bad and Dublin Airport is really, really bad as well. But apparently it's shitty because it's all Terminal 1, which is where Ryanair flies out of. So, so it's, it's all the poor people. Oh. <laughs> now, Sarah said that, not me. Uh, so it's people I going and like... dead in a Ryanair flight. It's people going to sun holidays and stuff. Yeah, no, it's true. So an awful lot of sun locations are like other airlines don't fly. Yeah, like Ryanair. The only way, because I'm going to Lisbon um, at the end of September and... The only flight that I can get is Ryanair. Air Lingus don't go to Lisbon. So I have to be hurled in, hurled in like cattle into the fucking Ryanair flight. I hate Are you Ryanair. flying with um, Flavio? Yeah. So you're going to Scotland first? I'm going to go to Scotland first and fly with him, yeah. I kind of want to fly over there with him because I've never been before, so I prefer... And he speaks Portuguese. So, you know, I'm sorted. So how much do these flights cost you now? 188 euro. For the two of them? But, like, what do you mean? We well, got a flight to Edinburgh first. Oh, no, Edinburgh is like 35 quid. Oh, okay. And, and then when you fly home are you leaving him in Lisbon yes I'm going to fly from Lisbon, Lisbon Lisbon back to Ireland yeah oh so we'll be all sad in the airport back to Edinburgh be no, like the end of that movie uh, I don't do that like I I think no, there's actually. something wrong with me because I don't get like that ever like with any relationship I've ever been in I don't get I don't all like there's anything wrong with you mm, I'm usually like oh man I get to go to my own bed sometimes I'm so happy when I get into bed and there's nobody near me. Oh, yeah. It's the best feeling. Oh, yeah. So I'd be like, that's a week of that now. Best of luck. I'm going home. I believe I'm listening to Miriam Margoyle's autobiography. Oh, there's muck on me fucking runners. Oh, no. Sorry, I'm traipsing muck here. Oh, I don't care. I was just worried about your runners. Uh, Miriam Margoyle's autobiography. And she talks about like going into her parents' bedroom. She oh, said no. her parents used to sleep in it's like separate beds, but they were pushed together. Yeah, I know, but that sounds like a great idea. It does. Because you've got your own duvet. I think people need to normalise couples not being in each other's faces 24-7. Like, I think having, like, your own bedroom. Like, even if you want to sleep in with the person, whatever. But, like, having your own bedroom. Mm. To be like, this is my space. This is my stuff. I don't have to put your ugly stuff in with my stuff. You can put your ugly stuff in your room. I have my own bed. If I want to just go up for a nap or be by myself for an hour, I can go do that. I can listen to music. I can read a book. But we've completely denormalize that and make people feel like they have to be in a room with someone yeah hmm? that's my hot take for the evening oh I like it I like it a lot Um, everybody likes a cuddle and everybody likes you know whatever but there are times I'm sure I know so many people that would be like I just want my own fucking room well I said to Graham I just want to get away because I wasn't feeling particularly oh this is like the fucking podcast Sarah no Tammy go on I wasn't feeling particularly well safe space um, it's the safe, safe space. space this is safe, safe space guys I say that all the time at work so this is safe space and then I immediately go well he's a cult didn't he <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, go um, 
I wasn't feeling very well and Graham got in the bedroom late and I just went to him don't fucking touch me <laughs> but I get it I, I get it there are times where you're like don't even look don't breathe don't. in my direction like. Graham does this thing where he wants always immediately is like it, when he gets into bed put your arms, like, arms around you oh the heat the heat off you the heat off you the heat Fuck off, off. You. And I'm like get Fuck your off. fucking freezing <laughs> cold feet away from me I tell you what I do like I like sharing a bed with you when we go on holidays I like that it's because I just leave you alone yeah and not only that I think it's just like oh this is fun yeah it's kind of really like we're like having that. a sleepover yeah, I really do you know really what's like nice about it what I'm going to say some things now go on I'm cut them out if you want okay I don't roll over and you don't get the immediate like I don't drop the hand yeah you don't get the immediate ache of like oh for fuck's sake now I have to turn you down do you know what I mean I'm not like dropping yeah drop you know like Simon, I love Graham but that is part of being in a relationship with somebody when you're like oh do you know what now I'm gonna have to say I'm not please don't I don't wanna ha- and then you feel cause if you're like me and you've been fucking brought up absolutely to not say no ever you feel bad. Yeah, no, I get that. You're immediately like in your head being like, oh, maybe I will just have sex. I just pretend I'm asleep. <laughs> I pretend I'm I asleep. I never pretend I'm asleep. I'm no, always just like... Or so, no, like, you know, sometimes I pretend to sleep and sometimes I'm like, no. I do like, no. And then I'm like, no. oh, sure, go on. <laughs> <laughs> just lay here and think of our I never say, oh, sure, go on, to be honest. It's always like... <laughs> No. no and then if I do get in the mood he knows it's on but like you know because you can just tell from your other half like you've been together so long with yeah. your body language yeah. and you're like oh this isn't a cuddle <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> recalling this episode oh this, oh, this isn't, isn't a cuddle, a cuddle. I'll write that down um, um, but yeah no I get it Like, I, so I, when I'm in bed with you I know you're not trying to have sex with me ever and I know that I'm not trying to have sex with you so I think that's the nice thing and then it also reminds like when you were teenager and you go for sleepover yeah and your girl I love friends. it because like even when I booked this room there was actually wasn't actually weirdly enough there wasn't an option for option for like two we never sleep single like, beds even when we had two single yeah, beds yeah and I was like that's fine I'll just sleep in with Sarah like that doesn't bother me at all I love sleeping in with you um mm. It's so nice, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be nice, and we'll be drunk. We'll be drunk, and we're going a, to a disco. There's a maniac in New York shooting people on the subway. Yeah, lads, stop shooting people on the subway. Uh, a lovely lady called Kathleen sent us the sweetest message about us, basically telling us not to worry that it's a one-off, usually a one-off incident, and New York is quite safe. So, thank you so much for that message, Kathleen. I really, really appreciate it, actually. Um, because you know I was quite shocked when I saw it today, but then I was like, "This is normal. This is we're back to normal, lads." The very first time I went to New York with Graham, there was a man going around and uh, driving over people leaving Jewish. Is it a synagogue? Oh yeah, is that what they're called. And he was just like, "I remember this actually." Completely like targeted towards Jewish people, but he was like waiting for synagogues and then like driving. Into Jeez. people. Vehicular, vehicular vehicular murder, murder right? Manslaughter is where you don't plan it. Mm. Um, yeah. And I remember me and Graham being like, what? And then Graham was like, we can't go near any synagogues. Stay away from the synagogues, lads. No, but that is frightening. Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking the other day, I remember when I was in college, one of my most vivid memories from college is like being in my friend Lisa's apartment. And remember that guy in Washington who was going around shooting everybody with his son? Yeah. But watching that live on television and just being like, what the fuck is going on? He totally like, brainwashed that kid as well. It's insane. The docu- there's actually a very, very good podcast about it. I can't remember the name because I'm a disaster. Yeah, people are going but, on about that fucking baby. Uh, it's not real. It's not real. I figured out it's not real. Is this chair broke? Have I broken this chair? No. Oh, makes sense. Okay. Uh, it's not real. Don't stop looking for it. It's not real. 
I figured it out. Was it in your brain? Someone was taking the piss. No, somebody on a website was taking the piss. So it's not real. I apologise. It would have been a very interesting documentary. I would have enjoyed it very much. It was not real. The baby wasn't speaking Italian. Oh, no, that's a... I sincerely apologise to everyone. I do apologise everybody. Prego, prego. That thought that that's what the crack was. I you want said, imagine a little Chinese baby just like living in China and he was like a gelato <laughs> did he just say gelato <laughs> that one word and then they he was all like oh, <laughs> oh mamma mia a baloney oh baloney oh, why are you making me so sad mama in English with an yeah, Italian yeah. accent <laughs> oh mama you treat me so bad I give you the kiss of death why are you bring this to me on this day my daughter's wedding. My daughter's, my only daughter's wedding. Why, Why you, you do this? this to me? My hey, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> the kid just is a whole godfather from start to finish. Um, do you have any? I have housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. I don't. I do. So, I just wanted to read this email that we got because I thought it was hilarious. Where is she? Uh, da, 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 da. so from a lovely lady called Gate Gate Kate I won't give your surname it begins with G and Kate. that's why I said Gate begins with G her surname so she said hey gals I recently found your podcast and have been Galifianakis Kate Galifianakis it's not but I'm gonna go with that <laughs> um, I'm from Las Vegas but I studied <gasps> in Limerick for part of my undergrad degree and then she said yay stab city and listening to y'all makes me homesick for Ireland I'm still in the early episodes so this may be a bit of a throwback but I just had to Right to you. In the episode, you all talked about a ridiculous name for vaginas people come up with. I'm a veterinarian, and for some reason, it's impossible for people to use the word vagina vulva when referring to their pet, so I've heard it all. My favourite came about shortly after I had graduated from vet school, and it's still my favourite. The owner of the dog, a woman, would get extremely uncomfortable when I used the words vulva or vagina during the course of the exam, and asked her if I would call it her twiddle twaddle. No. I have attached a photo of the appointment scheduler where our client service representative typed it in the schedule notes so I can prepare myself for what was about to happen. Sorry if this is long, but I hope you'll find it as funny as I do. If you ever make it out this way, I'd love to show you all around my crazy city. Your fellow sassy feminist, Kate, look at the picture. No. Maisie Cocker Spaniel, as owner said, licking twiddle twaddle. No. Oh, this episode is called Licking Twiddle Twaddle. Licking Twiddle Twaddle. Licking Twiddle. I was in work the other day and I was in fucking tears at that picture. As owner said, licking twiddle twaddle. No. That's what you do. I don't lick my own twiddle twaddle. Lick twiddle twaddle. I, I could lick, lick my own twiddle twaddle. I won't be over here. <laughs> <laughs> Expecting me to lick your twiddle twaddle. I won't be anywhere. I won't be with Graham. There'll be no need for any of these. Um, these would all be surplus to requirement. Um, thank you so much for that message, uh, Kate. It was so funny. reason I could get my head there was circumcision. Twiddle twaddle. Twiddle twaddle. Uh, so we got a message from Christina on Instagram. She said, I hope you're well. I was a bit late to get get to listen to last week's episode but just wanted to say how much of an amazing job you did telling Anne's story she said I also hate the Catholic Church anyway I thought I'd share a quick story feel free to read it on the podcast if you want to my mom went to a school ran by nuns and hated it so much one of the nuns slapped her across the face one day in PE and my mom picked up a hockey stick smacked her across the shins and legged it home 
Her mom was the music teacher in the school, so that's the only reason she didn't get suspended or expelled. I just had a baby last August, and I'm the only person in my group of friends that have a fuckload of kids that isn't getting her christened. Fuck the Catholic Church. Church, keep up the great work, ladies. These are fab. So I just wanted to get the image in my brain of a woman smacking the shit out of a nun's shins. So thank you very much, Christina, for that message. and made me giggle as well. Fucking dirty Dirty nuns. My mom hates the nuns. My mom hates them too. Um. So thank you so much. I just to say this. they dragged me around the yard. Yeah, they're vi- they were vicious, like. But the only reason they were vicious because they were told that they could do that, that they were like some sort of servant for God, so they could do whatever the fuck they wanted. You can't. Uh, do you think they were riding the priests? Yes, absolutely. They were riding the priests. One thousand percent. Did you ever see those porn like the naivety of- on like nuns? Oof. Oof. And the nuns are always wearing these like latex sexy habits. <laughs> sexy habits. Mm. I always think but whenever I see them, which isn't very often, but sometimes I think about them and then like, you know, go at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I always thought that in terms of like the ideal habit, a latex one makes more sense because your hair won't get wet. That's true, actually. You should be sweating though. Yeah, but like I always like because no one to be able to slide with those things yeah, on, and you can't put another hood up over. So I was always like, do you know what? The pornographers might have gotten something right here. The pornographers know what they're doing. Yeah, they might um, pioneered something here. Yeah, no, those nuns and priests. Like it's very naive for people to think that these people weren't riding each other. They were clearly fucking riding each other. Um. So also we've got for the Patreon this week. We're doing music most awesome, and we're going to talk about the album, the color and the shape by the Foo Fighters. Yeah. If anybody wants to listen to that. Uh, Colin's band Sal Games are going to be playing in Judge Roy Beans in Newbridge on the 23rd of April uh, if you want to go see Collie and his band it's going to start from 8 to 8.30pm and he'd love for you to come along so Sal Games one yeah okay. it's going to do that um, also people were asking for sound uh, Colin's oh Colin to make a playlist. a playlist so we it's actually on SoundCloud but I'm going to put the SoundCloud on our website so everybody can go and link to that also, we, a funny thing happened uh, last week or, yeah, the end of last week. Um, so, we live in Park, I mean, Colin and I live in Park West, we live together. And um, Colin was bringing down the rubbish the other morning because he always brings down the rubbish because I'm a terrible feminist and feel like I don't, shouldn't do that. Um, and he went downstairs and couldn't get back up because he thought he'd lost his keys. Uh-huh. So, he had to wait for 10 minutes for someone to open the door for him. So we came back upstairs and he was like, can't find my keys, Bubby. So I was like, Grant, we'll look. We'll go back downstairs and we'll try and find them. So we opened our front door to go back downstairs and there was an envelope on the ground, a white envelope. And it just said, found your keys in the letterbox. Uh, Drop them up to you. I'm from number, the other, whatever number she said she was from. And we were like, oh, cool. Thank you. So, like we did, we were like, that's so sound. That that's is so nice. nice. So obviously what Colin had done was put the keys in the letterbox and our letterbox number is on it. So it matches yeah. our door. And... Um, so that was fine or whatever. And then Colin got a message from a lovely lady to be like, just to let you know, that was me that dropped the keys back. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. So that lady uh, lives in my building. Oh. And she's a sweetheart. Monica, thank you so much for getting Colin's keys. He's a gobshite. Um, and we just wanted to say thank you so much. And it's so weird that somebody that lives in the apartment block 
like listens to our podcast it's so bizarre that is crazy it's just like me and Colm are like what we just wanted to say thank you so much Monica we really appreciate it because those fobs are like 150 euros to replace so thank you very much yay Monica you're very thank you, thank you, thank you thank you um, I don't have anything else do you have anything else no I'm not going to dress for a wedding um, oh why don't you wear the place the jumpsuit to the wedding the black and white one that you're going to get the polka dot one. Oh, that's not wedding oh it's white shit as well yeah you can't do that um, no that is so nice that that lady did yeah. that thank it's you very, also very so much bizarre money. that someone that close listens to this it's podcast it's nuts I couldn't believe it because Colin got the message and then he rang me and I was like what and then I checked Instagram and she Monica had messaged me on Instagram too just to be like I'm not some stalker and I was like I know thank you so much for finding the fucking keys like um, fucking god right in there that's an absolute but that's a usual Colin thing yeah forgets everything god yeah. I'm gonna do a fart oh my god that flew out your bum that was a big one um, it we, went like this shall we do our story fucking I was expecting you to hit your head off the ceiling attention feminists murder most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com plain boring old tees getting you down hey buddy does your huddy scream fuddy duddy spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com don't be a mug buy one of ours like to steal things conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes murder most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs teespring.com is a third party company all stock manufacturing purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com uh, my story this week is a an international tale we're going across the water not that far to England. Woo! We're doing an uh, MMA. We're doing an MMA International. Most international. Um, so my story this week, I'll tell you where my references are from. Wikipedia, obviously. Did uh, I make it up? What do you mean? Did I, like, is one of your references the stories that I make <laughs> up? <laughs> Wikipedia, I got some information from The Guardian. Uh, Express.co.uk. The Guardian? Express.co.uk. Cosmopolitan.com. And an episode of Case File about this, which is episode Ooh. 58. If you want to go listen to that, because he does a much better job than I could ever do. Um, so my story this week is about the abduction of Shannon Matthews. If you don't know anything about this case, don't Google it now, please, because it's insane. This and case is... It's be- just nuts. And incredibly sad, there are a lot of mentions of child abuse and child neglect in this. Uh, there's also mentions of child pornograph- pornography. So please, if those things are in any way could upset you obviously they're going to upset you but to the point where it would really upset you please don't listen because I don't want to be the reason that you're in the fetal position crying that's not what I want that's not what we're here for um, so yes I've mentioned all the warnings or anything else no so on February 19th 2008 nine year old now this girl was nine nine years old what age is Lily? seven? seven two years older than Lily oh this is God. nuts on February 19th 2008 nine year old Shannon Louise Matthews awoke and began getting ready for school Shannon shared a room with her younger sister and she slept on the top bunk of their bunk beds. She was excited as today was the day she would go for swimming lessons. Did you guys do do that in school? No. We used to go every Friday. No, every second Friday. And we'd get a bus from our school and we used to go with another school from a place called Ballyclaughan. And we'd go to Longford Swimming Pool and we'd have a great time. Although I have some really bad memories from Longford Swimming Pool that have like shaped who I am as a person. Why? Because of one time, because I was bigger as a bigger kid, um, you know the way when you're getting out of the pool they weren't letting us use the ladder because they were teaching us how to get out of the pool I couldn't lift myself <laughs> I know 
out of pool that way. Traumatized by it, like I've I'm, heard. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember being traumatized, and whenever I would think about, it, I didn't want to go back after that. But then I made myself go back. I just say to your mom, "Listen, I can't do that." Oh, I was like, because everybody else could do it, and I was like, "I can't do this." And then the the, the lady helped me up, but I was like, "Right, well, this is uh this is ingrained now. This is therapy. Oh, this is a hundred euro worth of ter- therapy right here." Um. So da 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 da. Where was I? Sorry. So Shannon was excited as today was the day she would go for her swimming lessons. The previous night had been difficult for Shannon as she had had an argument with her mum Karen and Karen's partner Craig Meehan. She's nine. Nine years old. Nine years old. So Shannon had become very upset and she ran out of the house. She's nine. She ran down the road to her uncle Martin's house. Shannon was best friends with her cousins and felt safe with them. Martin, who had experienced these incidents before with Shannon, asked his daughter to walk Shannon back to her house. And his daughter said she just cried the entire way back to the house. Bawled her eyes out. She's nine and they're fighting with her. So Shannon left for Westmore Junior School in Dewsbury Moor, that's in West Yorkshire, that morning. So just a note on Dewsbury. Okay, so it doesn't have a great reputation, and there are there are council states have been that have been named as some of the some of the most deprived areas in the UK. So it's like social oh social housing. This okay. is also where Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, is from, and where he carried out his crimes. So thirty years previous to Shannon's disappearance, that that place was just known because of the Yorkshire Ripper. So now that happened, and then this happens. They have an incredibly bad reputation. There's massive amounts of crime, poverty, abuse, Drug neglect, abuse. everything. It's just, and it's like. Obviously, of course, because England is massively classist, there is that kind of thing where they're just seen as the welfare. Like, I remember that entire, the early 2000s, every piece of media on the television was about welfare strangers. Benefits. 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 Like, that's what, that's how people viewed this area, that that's all it was. She was dressed in her school uniform and her little pink wellies. She's nine! She's nine. The day was normal. Shannon attended her classes and then went swimming in Dewsbury so at 3.10pm, Shannon was waiting outside her school after her swimming lessons. Teachers saw Shannon at this time and as did her schoolmates. So they all saw her standing outside the school. After the swimming lessons? Yes. So they got okay. the bus back to the school. She got off the bus at, a, at 10 past three. So three hours later at 6.48pm, Karen Matthews made a call to the Yorkshire police. Her daughter, Shannon, had not returned home from school. Karen told the police that her daughter had been definitely abducted. So she was immediately like, someone's taken my kid. She's like, someone's taken my child. And the girl, you can can listen to the call. The lady on the other end of the phone was like, you know, has there been anything happened? Do you think she might have run away? Is there any family members you think might have taken her? And she was like, no, no, she's been abducted. So she was adamant. Adamant. So the police... That's a real odd thing to say. Yeah, like... Because you wouldn't you just say, my my daughter didn't come home, I don't know where she is. Especially if you've had a fight with her the night before. Yeah, so the police questioned Karen as to whether Shannon had run away from home. Maybe she was upset about something. Karen mentioned the argument she had had with Shannon, but was adamant that Shannon had not run away, that someone had taken her. So there was no talking to this one. Um, This one's trash, by the way. Garbage. Garbage human. So the police started searching immediately. The weather was horrific, a freezing cold February, and the police were deeply concerned that Shannon could potentially be injured somewhere and that the hypothermia would set in. So that's what they were thinking. She's after going somewhere, she fell, you know, that way. So the investigation into Shannon's disappearance was led by Detective Superintendent Andy Brennan 
Over 250 police officers were involved in the search and the West Yorkshire police questioned over 3,000 people, including house surgeons. Like they did, a, this was insane. Like the police spoke to Shannon's neighbours and they advised that the argument Shannon had had with her mother was not uncommon. That they would hear Karen screaming at Sharon, Shannon frequently. That they would see the little girl running to her uncle's house most days. One neighbour informed the police that the argument that occurred the night before Shannon's disappearance was a particularly vicious one. It had started that evening but continued on into the next morning. What? So she was still screaming at her the next morning before she went to school. Nine! She's nine! Nine years old. Upon searching Shannon's bedroom, the police found some writing on the wall above Shannon's bed. It read, I want to go live with my daddy. Ah. Karen, Ma- yeah, it's horrific. Karen Matthews, who was 32 at the time of her daughter's disappearance, grew up in Dewsbury. Yeah. When she was 16, she left school and at 17, she met Leon Rose and fell pregnant with their son. Shannon already had a son from a previous relationship and her and Leon felt overwhelmed. But the two dumbasses then had another child. Oh, okay. And on the 9th of September 1998, Shannon Louise Matthews was born. The young couple now had three children and the strain was evident on their relationship. Karen would eventually go on to have four more children from five different fathers. What? Karen and Leon's sons had shown signs of neglect and it seemed Shannon was struggling. As soon as Karen was discharged, sorry, it seemed seemed that Karen was struggling, I beg your pardon. As soon as Karen was discharged from the hospital, her and Shannon went to her parents' home and stayed there for a number of months. June and Gordon Matthews, who had just mended their relationship with their daughter following a massive falling out, wanted their granddaughter to have a good start to her life. They took care of Shannon and Karen until they believed that Karen was ready to return to Leon and her sons. So their her gran- her parents, Car- Shannon's grandparents, are the sweetest people in the entire fucking world. Like, they're so kind and they just want to, like, help their grandchildren. This stupid cunt of a daughter of theirs. So Leon and Karen split up weeks after Shannon arrived home. Karen, Karen arrived home with Shannon. Karen then began seeing a man named Craig Meehan. Immediately? Who was a fishmonger at Morrison's supermarket. What a man! What a goal! Um, I bet she smelt great. <laughs> so upon returning to Leon, Karen did not keep her promise to her parents and the neglect towards Shannon became, sorry, began almost immediately. Karen, who smoked up to 60 cigarettes a day around her children, refused to buy nappies for them. She would instead use pieces of cloth she found lying around the house and in some instances would tape plastic bags to their bums. What? Shannon's sister Julie said of her sister, quote, my six-year-old nephew would be offloaded on me with a carrier bag or towel taped to his bum. Instead of spending money in nappies, she spent it on stuff like crisps, sweets, pop and cigarettes. And did no one call social services? No. Oh. Wait to hear this. So after they broke up, Leon left the family home and took Shannon's younger brother with him. Okay. So he left because she she was like, I'm keeping Shannon. So whatever. So Shannon stayed with Karen. So he left, took the young boy and she stayed with Karen. So Karen, Karen obviously moved on from Leon. Now, before she met this Craig Meehan guy, she was with an, another couple, couple of people. Craig Meehan became like the main relationship in this story. So Karen moved on and met a number of men. Each time she would fall pregnant and when the relationship inevitably ended, she would tell the men to take their children with them. At the time of Shannon's disappearance, Karen only lived with three of her seven children. Okay. Karen then, as I said, met Craig Meehan. Craig was 18 years old. What? And she was 28. 
Sorry, she moved him in with her after a month into their relationship. And surprise, surprise. She got pregnant. She fell pregnant again. This time with a baby girl. So this would be the last baby that she had. And it was uh, the little girl that Shannon shared the room with. So it was her little sister. Poor Shannon. Poor Bernie's kids. Yeah. So, so social services were called a number of times to the property. With concerned neighbours and even Craig's family who lived nearby making pleading calls to get Karen's children help. And social services did nothing. So Shannon's school were also concerned as they began to notice the dirt caked to her skin and hair daily. This is horrific. Like. In 2002, Shannon and her siblings were placed on an at-risk register. It was discovered that the children were being left alone sometimes even overnight when the two of them went out in the piss and there were substance abuse issues occurring in the house. However, one year later in 2003, the children were removed from the register. Yeah, of course. Social workers advised that the children were not in any direct danger. The social workers would attend scheduled meetings with Karen, giving her enough time to ensure the house was tidy, her children were clean, and the cupboards were full of food. So Karen's mother, June, used said in an interview that she knew when social services were coming because house. Karen would ring her and ask her for money and she'd say, why? And she'd say, I need to have food in the cupboards. So she never had food in the cupboards for her children. She would just feed them crisps. And then as soon as social services were coming, the cupboards were full. Social services should be fucking ashamed of themselves yeah. anyway. Shannon was a sweet, kind child. Like most children living in abuse and neglect, she was ex- excellent at masking and being able to snap back to normality in order to avoid people knowing what was happening to her. As I mentioned earlier, teachers began to notice uh, Shannon's hygiene, but they also noticed that she was unable to focus in school and would spend a lot of time daydreaming. She's tired. So Shannon's best friend said that Shannon did experience some bullying, but she tended to not let it affect her. That she and Shannon spent a lot of time playing together and laughing together. She said that Shannon mentioned running away sometimes, but mainly to her father's house. At this point in 2008, Karen had fallen out with Shannon's father, Leon, and refused to let him see Shannon. And Shannon was devastated. Oh my God. Yeah. So... Back to the day this all happened. On February 19th at 3.10pm, when Shannon stepped off the bus after swimming practice, she said goodbye to her best friend, Megan. Megan later told police she did not see what direction Shannon left in. So they said goodbye, Megan went this way, and she was like, I didn't see where Shannon went. Shannon would usually arrive home at 3.45pm. When she didn't, Karen walked around the estate asking if anyone had seen Shannon, or if maybe she was in one of her friend's houses. It would only be three hours later that Karen would pick up the phone to call the police. It would take me 20 minutes? Yeah. Like, I'd be in an absolute state. Three hours later, she called the police. The police arrived at 7.20. When they knocked on the door, two young children answered and let them in. They were immediately shocked at the filth of the house and the stench that was emanating. The police questioned Karen and she told them there was no reason for Shannon to run away. And when the police asked to search the house, Karen and Craig became enraged. They asked the police what they were being accused of. The police informed them that this was just standard practice. They had to search the house. So they let them. During their questioning of Karen, she told the police that she had six children when she actually had seven. God. The family liaison officer also arrived to speak to Karen. So the family liaison officer is a, do- is a detective. Yeah. Um, when the officer's mobile phone began to ring, Karen stood up and began dancing to the sound. What? 
Her daughter had been missing for a few days at this point. So the um, liaison officer's name is Christine Freeman. So she said, uh, the family liaison detective said, quote, when I got to the house, Karen and her boyfriend, Craig Meehan, were playing on an Xbox. Karen hardly looked up. After a few minutes, my phone rang. I had a pop song as my ringtone and Karen got up and started dancing to it. I remember thinking, this is really odd. What the fuck? So the police began their extensive search with neighbours, friends and the wider community getting getting involved. Some spent like the entire night searching for her. They didn't go to bed. Like this community is amazing. These people are so kind. Like they went above and beyond for this kid. Like killed themselves for this kid. They did everything they possibly could. So the, the Dewsbury community set up an entire teams to carry out searches. Julie Busby, who took control and rallied the troops, provided hot drinks and food to the men, women and children who frantically tried to find a missing nine-year-old. Shannon's uncle, Neil, gave a heartbreaking statement to the media saying that this was so out of character for his niece and they were terrified Shannon had been taken and was not yet ev- not even in Yorkshire anymore. He said that Shannon was, quote, so scared of the dark. So her being out late at night by herself made no sense. Oh, my God. The media's reaction to Shannon's disappearance drew some criticism, mainly around the idea of classism. It was commented by Roy Greenslade in The Guardian that Shannon's disappearance was quite similar to that of Madeleine McCann. However, the reaction was less grief-stricken, less newsworthy due to, quote, overarching everything is a social class. As Madeline's parents were doctors from a middle-class background, their daughter was almost seen as more important. Yeah. Some journalists believed at the time that more media coverage around Shannon, the search operation and the need to find her would have helped, but instead the media coverage seemed to settle on how lower class Karen Matthews was. So it immediately became, what benefits is she on? Yeah. Oh, she's not working, she's on benefits. Is your boyfriend on benefits? Like, that's how they were doing it, as opposed to... Your nine-year-old is missing and we need to find her. They yeah. immediately went in, which unfortunately, sorry to say, is a very British English thing to do. Yeah. With their BBC especially, like, it's like, oh, your daughter's missing, but you're scum. So. Yeah. Uh, so 24 hours after Shannon disappeared, the search continued within the community. The police were, knock- were knocking on every door and speaking to as many motorists as they could. Like, so there were some people on the roads, the streets, trying to see if somebody had taken her out. So pictures of people on the search party crying were released to the general public, knowing that Shannon had been missing for 24 hours. And the reason they were crying and really upset is that the police held a press conference on the 19th, telling people that 90% of abducted children are murdered within the first 24 hours. So then everybody was in a panic because they were like, it's 24 hours, we have to find her. She's dead. She's dead. Thousands and thousands of posters were printed and placed all over West Yorkshire with the words, have you seen Shannon? T-shirts were also printed and searches wore them as they looked for Shannon. The police also created a website called Help Us Find Shannon. Like, above and beyond. Everybody went above and beyond. The Sun newspaper offered a £50,000 reward for any information that would lead to Shannon's discovery. 50 grand. 50 grand. So Karen then began speaking to the media. In one interview, Karen cried as she begged Shannon to come home. She said, quote, baby, please, please come home. Karen looked exhausted and utterly devastated over her daughter. 14 days later, Shannon was still missing. What? And the police set up another press conference. This time they would include Karen and Shannon's father, Leon, in the hopes of possibly reaching whoever had Shannon. So, you know, the way they do that thing where they're like, we might get a little bit of sympathy from them or empathy mm. if they see the parent. So... 
This time, Shannon's demeanor, demeanor had changed. She was calmer and seemed rested. During the conference, Karen did not cry or show much emotion. Leon begged whoever had Shannon to please, please return her. Karen kept insinuation that somebody definitely had Shannon, possibly someone close to the family. She said, quote, it definitely looks that way, in parentheses, that someone who knows the family took Shannon because there is no trace of her at all. I think they took Shannon just to hurt me. Now, can I just say, this woman is the textbook case of a narcissist because she's making everything about her. Yeah. It's all about her and how she's feeling and how hurt she is. It's not about her daughter. So Craig Meehan was asked by the media on various occasions if it was true that he had been violent towards Shannon. He said no, and he was defended by Karen and by Shannon's father, Leon. So they were like, he didn't touch her. Like even, but how the fuck would Shannon's father know? I was like, how do you know? We haven't seen her in two years. Like, how the fuck do you know what he's doing? Karen also told the media that the last thing Shannon said to her was like, fuck me. I'll see you at lunchtime, mummy. I love you. No. no, you were screaming at her as she left the house to go to fucking school. Yeah. Which we know was bullshit because she was screaming at her nine-year-old the entire morning. So the West Yorkshire police police were aware that the public was still reeling from Madeleine McCann's disappearance, which had happened just nine months previously. Mm. So did everything in their power to find Shannon. They spent over £3.2 million throughout the search, as well as utilising almost 30% of the workforce. Wow. Almost half of the country's police dogs were brought in to search over 500 houses, including the houses of registered sex offenders in the area. Sorry. Shannon remained, mi- remained missing for 24 days. And on March 14th, the p- police received some information. Although all of Craig and Karen's relatives had been interviewed, one man had, mo- had not. So what the police did is they made Craig and Karen give them like a family tree of all their relatives. And they were like, we need to interview all of these people. This one gentleman's name was not there. So it was not included it was in the list. was not included in the list. His name... Sorry, his name didn't, had not even been mentioned to the police by Karen or Craig. This man's name was Michael Donovan and he was Craig's uncle. So he was Karen's partner's uncle. On the same day, police decided to pay Michael a visit in Lydgate Gardens in Bar- Bartley Clare. Sorry, Batley Clare. I think that's in Yorkshire. Detectives Nick Townsend and Paul Kettlewell arrived at Donovan's property. The police thought it strange that nearly every member of Shannon's family had taken part in the search, but Donovan hadn't. So he hadn't turned up to look for her. He only lived two miles from Shannon's house. The police knocked on Donovan's door, but there was no answer. They then went downstairs to his neighbour's property. She told him she had heard Donovan earlier and that his car was in the garden and he never went anywhere without it, so he must be in the house. The neighbour then told the police that she had heard what she thought were, quote, children's footsteps walking around upstairs. She told the police that Donovan's children did not live with him, so maybe it was his girlfriend's child. What? She was like, I heard a kid upstairs, but maybe it's he had a girlfriend. She was like, maybe it's his girlfriend's kid because his kids don't live with him. So the police were like, fuck. So the police thanked her and immediately called for backup. Once backup arrived, the police broke down Donovan's door. The police searched the property and when they entered a bedroom, they heard a, heard a small muffled voice cry out, stop it, you're hurting me. Oh my God. The noise was coming from under the bed. As the police tried to lift their bed, they heard another noise and when they looked across the mattress, a small girl crawled out from underneath. She tried to stand, but the police could see she was weak and dazed. One of the officers picked her up, took her out of the house. He immediately recognised the young girl as Shannon Matthews and called out to the party, we found her. Oh my God. 
The police then began to search for Donovan, but this would not take long as when they peered under the, is that Divan? Divan? Divan. Divan bed, they found 39-year-old Michael Donovan curled up in the fetal position where Shannon had crawled out of minutes earlier. So he's in there with her? In there with her. Michael Donovan was placed under arrest immediately for the abduction of Shannon Matthews. When they removed him from the bed, they found on his person a prescription for tamazepam, £600 in cash and a newspaper with a headline about the reward for Shannon. Shannon sat in the back of a police car with an officer. She seemed dazed but otherwise okay. So they were drugging her? The police began searching Donovan's house and they found a piece of rope tied to a beam. The rope had been tied around Shannon's waist when Donovan had to go out. It gave Shannon access to the toilet and the bathroom and that was it. So he like tethered her to a beam in the house. When they searched under the bed, they found a list, handwritten, with rules Shannon was to adhere to. It read, Rules. You must make not make any noise or bang your feet. You must not go anywhere near the windows. You must not get anything or do anything without me being here. Keep the TV volume low, only up to eight or lower. You can play the Super Mario games and you can play some DVDs and you can play the CD music. And then the letter is signed off with the initials IPU. So it was discovered that these initials meant I promise you, which was a threat Karen Matthews would sometimes make towards Shannon. Like, if you do that, I promise you. What? So these are the things that were found in the house. So there was an electronic keyboard along with a glue gun, which Shannon seemed to have been playing with under the bed. So they gave her like a keyboard and a glue gun. What? So bizarre. There was also a copy, a copy of Arrive Alive, a colourful highway book code for youngsters. Darkly and ironically, Donovan gave Shannon a book about safe travel to read as she was kept tethered to the bed. So the whole book is like, don't go with strangers. Make sure you do this if you're somewhere that you don't know. And he gave her this fucking book and she's like tied up to his bed. What? The whole thing is so bizarre. And then for the fact that like, they were like, what toys will I give her? Give her a keyboard and a fucking glue gun? Insane! This poor kid. So the police began to interview Michael Donovan and discovered that Donovan was actually born Paul Drake. The age of 19, he had changed his name to Michael Donovan by deed poll, taking on the moniker of his favourite character from the 1980s sci-fi show, The. He's not well. What? Yeah, so he changed his name to like a character from a TV show when he was 19. Donovan, who was the youngest of nine children, was raised in Dewsbury. He had learning difficulties from a young age, only having around half the average IQ and struggled in school and the working world. From the age of 11, Donovan started getting in trouble for petty crimes. And at the age of 16, he was convicted of causing criminal damage. Donovan would go on to marry a woman named Susan Bird and they would have two children together. Donovan and Bird divorced a few years later with Michael saying Susan was abusive towards him and an alcoholic. Susan gave a statement to the Mail on Sunday saying the truth was quite the opposite. She said, quote, he used to punch me, kick me and slap me. He's broken my cheekbone and bust my nose several times. Both of the couple's children were taken into care. So this is, yeah. Michael tried to get them back, but being unable to do so, he decided to collect one of his daughters from school one day and drive her to Blackpool. So he kidnapped her. He was stopped by the police and charged with kidnapping. However, the case was eventually dropped. So when the police told Shannon's family, friends and the community that Shannon had been found, the outpouring of joy was unbelievable. Entire communities of people left their houses and cheered on the street. Shannon's father, Leon, said, quote, I feel like I have won the lottery. 
Karen and Craig broke into tears when they learned of Shannon, Shannon being found. So Craig and Karen spoke to the breasts and both seemed to be in shock. Karen gra- grasped Craig's arm and turned her face away from the cameras. She was told, so Ju- this lady, Julie Bush, Bushby, the lady that organised everything, like, so they were outside and uh, sh- uh, Karen turned her face and Julie Bushby was in the house and she was like shouting out to her, smile, like smile, be happy, your daughter was found. She said, smile woman, why aren't you sm- smiling? For God's sake, smile. Because she was like, what is wrong with you? Smile, like, your daughter has been found. Karen did as she, to- as she was told and smiled at the camera. Yeah. So some people began to question Karen's behaviour. Shockingly. Yeah. Even her close friends. Karen's friend Natalie Brown said, quote, Karen came to stay at my house and when the TV cameras weren't around, I realised it was as if she didn't care. She was back to her normal, happy self. Something just wasn't right. I remember one time Karen wanted to watch the news and Shannon's picture came on the TV. My older daughter said, I can't wait for Shannon to come home. I said, being the honest mum I am, well, it's not guaranteed she's going to come home. So we need to prepare ourselves if that happens. But Karen's response was baffling. Karen turned around and said, look, she's famous now. She's on TV. Don't worry, she's coming home. Someone's a fucking murder. So the police drove Karen and Craig to the police station to meet Shannon. Karen did not ask a single question regarding how her daughter was found or if she was safe. She just sat in silence. Didn't ask anything. The police had given Shannon a colouring book when she arrived at the station. The family liaison detective Christine Freeman, who had previously interviewed Karen with the fucking mobile phone dancing. Yeah. And dealt with the bizarre dancing to her ringtone was the first person to properly speak to Shannon. She said Shannon seemed confused and did not understand what all the fuss was about. Now, there's a reason for that. When Karen and Craig arrived, they were told they would be unable to, uh, to see Shannon straight away as the police had to speak to her. They could, however, see Shannon through the two-way glass. So would she be able to see them? No, they can only see her. She okay. can't see them. Karen Matthews stood staring blankly at her daughter who had been missing for 24 days. All she said was, quote, she has new clothes. That's all she said. Nothing else. Not there's my baby. There's my daughter. Oh, my God. Like I would just be desperate to hold her. Yeah, but like, please let me see my kid. Yeah. The police spoke to the press that day and told them that Shannon was taken into immediate police care for 72 hours. She would be released as soon as the police were aware of what exactly had happened to her. So the police continued to interview Michael Donovan and eventually he and his solicitor prepared a statement. He immediately implicated Karen Matthews. Oh. Michael said Karen approached him with the plan and a threat to his life if he did not go through with the plan. Karen told him he would collect Shannon from school and quote, take care of Shannon. Karen would then pretend Shannon was missing. Once a reward went up for Shannon, Michael would release her in Drewsbury Market and pretend to find her. Making sure for it to all be in view of the CCTV cameras. So he was just going to like let her go and then be walking through and be like, oh my God, Shannon. That was their plan. And what was Shannon going to say where she was? But this, I'll tell you why. They would then share the reward. So it wasn't like an immediate, immediate family member. It was like Craig's cousin. So they could be like, oh, it's just Craig or Craig's uncle. That's just Craig's uncle. Like he's after finding her. Do you know what I mean? So, quote, this is what he said. She said, he said, she then asked me to take care of Shannon and again said there would be money in in it for me. Then she threatened to get three lads onto me. I know one of the people she mentioned had stabbed a man and killed him. I was frightened that if I didn't do it, they'd come after me. I said, okay, I'll do it. 
Bullshit. Michael said that he would never have hurt Shannon, that he looked after her and even bought her toys and new clothes and then tethered her to, the to beam a beam and locked, put her in a, under your fucking bed, you weirdo. Donovan was charged with kidnapping and false imprisonment on March 17th, three days after Shannon was found. Shannon remained in protective care as psychiatrists worked with her. Worked with her. Karen's friend and neighbours were really confused by Karen's behaviour as she was not questioning when her daughter would be released or even if she was okay. She wasn't saying, they were like, when's Shannon coming home? She's like, I don't know. Nothing, just nothing. Dead behind the eyes. The police kept Shannon in care for her safety, but other reasons were now in play. Michael Donovan's statement about Karen and an even more insidious incident as on April 2nd, Craig Meehan was arrested by the West Yorkshire Police under the suspicion of possess- possessing child pornography. Jesus. This, like, what sort of fucking family is this? Craig was arrested and charged with 11 counts of possessing indecent images of children, and he spent 20 weeks in prison. 20 weeks? 20 weeks. And he was For released. child pornography? Mm-hmm. The following day, both Craig's mother and sister were arrested for attempting to pervert the course of justice. So what had happened was, remember when the police came to the house and were like, we have to check the house, we have to search the house, and he freaked out because all the images were on his computer. And the police checked the computer and found them, and that's why he freaked out. But then the mother and the sister were trying to cover for him. What? So that's why they were arrested. Well, how were they covering from? Because they tried to take the computer. Because the police just checked the computer and then they came back to, te- to take it and the mother and the sister had taken it out of the house. So that's what happened there. So as the case became more frightening and confusing, confusing, Karen's friend Natalie, who I mentioned early, she just had had enough of it. She was like, fuck this shit. She called Christine Freeman, the lovely lady that had to deal with the dancing. Yeah. And asked if she would come with Natalie and Karen for a drive. She decided she would speak to Karen and try to get her to tell the truth. The three went on a drive and Natalie told Karen about the rumours going around. She asked Karen directly if she had anything to do with Shannon's abduction. Karen immediately broke down. She began to cry and she said, it's true. It's all true. So I think she wanted to tell the truth, but she's so fucked in the head that she just didn't know how. So her friend was like I'm going to bring Natalie because she tr- or Christine because she trusted Christine she's like I'm going to bring her now and I'll get her to break down and she did and then Christine arrested her immediately so that's how she told the truth it came out so on April 6th Karen Matthews was arrested and charged with perverting the course of justice and child endangerment detectives admitted that they had suspected Karen from day one one of the reasons being wait to hear this that Madeleine McCann's fundraising org- fundraising organisation had been receiving phone calls from Karen and her family asking them for money to find Shannon. What? They made various phone calls telling the McCann spokesperson that they had enough money and they needed to give some to help find Shannon. What? The calls were called blunt by the McCann family. So they were ringing up going, you need to give us money because you've got loads of money and we need to find Shannon. They were making constant phone calls to this organisation. Like how many people in her family? Like her, one of her sisters. I think it's insane. So detectives believe that Karen had seen the outpouring over Madeline's abduction and the money raised to find her and believed she could stage something similar and keep the money. The McCanns were just about to part with 25,000. But the police contacted them and told them not to. That there were some things going on that warranted further investigation. So they were like, don't give them the money. Oh my God. Mm. 
So upon questioning, Karen told the police, oh, sorry, upon questioning Karen, the police were able to piece together what happened. Excuse me. So Karen met Michael in a cafe. Initially, she asked Michael to take her eldest son. Michael said no, stating that he did not even know her eldest son. Karen then changed tactics and decided it would make more sense to have Shannon kidnapped. She was young and a girl and she believed this would garner more sympathy and a higher reward. What the fuck? Considering what had happened to Madeleine McCann only nine months Jesus earlier. Jesus Christ. This woman is a fucking psychopath. Karen gave a list to Michael about what to do with Shannon. She made him memorise the list and then go flush it down the toilet in the cafe. So she was like, memorise this, flush it down the toilet so there's no evidence. But then the stupid bitch wrote out a list for Shannon and left it in the house. What was the list? Uh, just being like, this is how you take her, this is what you do, blah, 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 blah. So Michael was to meet Shannon after school and offered to bring her to the seaside. Instead, he would bring her to his house and trap her under a bed. He would read the list of rules to Shannon that her mother had written. In order to keep Shannon quiet and unable to look for help, Donovan would drug her with Tamazepam. As soon as the award award reached 50k, Karen would contact Donovan and they would enact their plan. However, it did reach this amount and Karen did not contact him. Because she wanted more money? I don't think so. Because she didn't want her back? I think so. Tess on Shannon relieved, revealed that she'd been drugged with temazepam, as I said, and motion sickness tablets from the time she was trapped in Donovan's house. However, further toxicology reports revealed Shannon had these substances in her system for up to 20 months. She was drugging her kid for two fucking years. That's why she was daydreaming. Yeah. She was drugging her nine-year-old child for two years. Shannon's mother had been drugging her own daughter for nearly two years. This may explain Shannon's inability to focus in school. Yeah. So during... Most motion sickness tablets like... Oh like, yeah, they, I'm like, whoa. She was nine years old, Sarah. She was fucking seven when she started. Like, drugging her. So I think enough, personally, I'll talk to you about it at the end of it, but during their trial, Matthews and Donovan blamed each other back and forth. With Matthews stating that it was in fact Craig who came up with the idea for the abduction. So now she was like, oh, it's my boyfriend's idea. Craig's a paedophile. Craig's a paedophile. However, the jury saw through the lies and after six hours deliberation, both were found guilty of perverting the course of justice, kidnapping and false imprisonment. Matthews and Donovan received eight year sentences. That's not long enough. (laughs) Wait to hear this. Karen Matthews' remaining children were taken into care and her house was boarded up after angry members of the community took out their frustration by breaking the windows. They made bits of the gaff and like the police had to go around with leaflets a bit like just be like don't be a vigilante please like they went off like they were like we're going to kill everybody involved in this because they had done everything to try and find this kid like they were going out of their way also areas like that you don't fuck with people no you don't social justice is a big thing in areas you don't fuck with people it's like we look after our own yeah so and it's you, like here's one of our own taking the piss out of yeah, us yeah and like not and only that about a child like a yeah. kid Julie Bushby who continued to visit Karen in jail in the hopes that Karen would explain why she did what she did ah uh, Julie get off get off her Julie like said that Karen would appear with bruises all over her body and black eyes because the other women were beating the shit out of her I Other prisoners it. had taken it upon themselves to hurt Karen. Julie said she does not believe Karen did what she did for money. That it may have been for attention or just cruelty towards her own daughter. Which I believe as well. I don't think it was for money. 
why would she be drugging her for 20 months yeah why when it reached 50k so didn't she, she ring around she just wanted her out of the way and I think it's, it's almost Munchausen by proxy but in a weird way it's not because the kid's not getting she but that's it what Munchausen is you get the attention you get the sympathy so something was very very wrong here when Julie asked her why she did it Karen would just reply with I didn't she continued to be like I had nothing to do with this I had nothing to do with this in 2012, Karen and Michael were released after serving only half of their sentences. Fuck off! Karen changed her identity and moved to the south of the country where she works in a Christian charity shop having turned to Christ in prison. In 2018, Karen spoke to the mirror. Wait to hear this narcissistic bullshit. I was scared. I am scared I will die alone and lonely. Good. I'm not Britain's worst mum. I didn't kill anybody. From the start, I didn't know where she was. Others were involved. I didn't have a clue. You can't kidnap your own child. I know the truth and I wasn't involved in it. I still have nightmares thinking it's all going to happen again. You Like, it just at least admit it. Like, you're, oh, a, your you're a fucking narcissist. It's so plainly obvious you're a narcissist. So little is known about Michael Donovan's whereabouts. Nobody knows where he is or what he's doing. So Shannon Matthews, Matthews, who is now 22, was given a new identity and was moved away from her friends and family. Shannon has not seen them since. That includes her father and her grandparents. So she hasn't seen any of her family members and none of her friends. They completely moved her from the area, gave her a brand new identity. And her poor grandparents are devastated because they're like, we just want to see our granddaughter again. They were like, she was so young at the time. We understand she might not really get what happened. Um, but she was like, now that she's over 18, we would love for her to come back and see us. The granddad is really unwell. But I mean, it's a whole fucking mess up of a situation. Like, But that is the story of Shannon Matthews' abduction by her own fucking mother and her partner's uncle. That is. And how dumb people are. Like, how did she think that that was going to play out? But I don't believe it was for the money for a second. You think it was just to get rid of her? I think it was to get rid of her daughter. My, I did at the start and then when I read that she was drugging her for 20 months I was like oh okay and she was abusing her and she was neglecting her. Yeah. Like she thought she had six kids when she had seven. She was tying like tying a plastic bag around your child's, child's arse so it can shit in a bag um, and then going out and being able to smoke 60 cigarettes yeah. a day is not um, poor Karen. It's you are mismanaging your money and you're not looking after your and children. You're neglectful. You're neglecting your kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely nuts. And nine months after Madeleine McCann. I can't believe they were ringing the Madeleine McCann Ringing Foundation. the Madeleine McCann Foundation and being like, you have, in exact words, you have enough money. We need money to find Shannon. And, and they, they were, knew where she They was. were just about to give them 25k. Just about to give them 25k and the police were like, don't we know something? They knew she she was in on it. They fucking knew. Like, how would you not know? She's dancing at She's dancing to her ringtone. There's She's actually... Xbox. There's a document... There's a, not a documentary. There's a dramatisation of this um, made by the BBC, BBC. Apparently a lot of people were very angry about it. I'm not too sure why. But that scene is in it. No. And it's... When I... Because I researched this before and I watched that scene. I was like, that's not real. Why would they put that in? It's real. She gets up and she's like... Like giving it socks and then just sits down. Yeah, I just nine years old, like, and then all the rest of her kids have been removed. They're probably all separated from each other. You know what I mean? Like the casualties of this are her children, who she didn't give two fucks about because she's a fucking sociopath. 
And like then Shannon is just like completely like she's like an orphan yeah removed from her entire friend group and all her family everybody just removed taken away no one knows where she is like no one knows her identity basically witness protection kind of situation but and obviously then there was people there was outcry over the social services and they were like what the fuck were the social services are doing this is like a repeat story like not shocked by this at all so many not at all so many so many cases of this like i know from my own family and interacting with social services on two different occasions where it's like oh we can't do anything and it's like but I'm telling you yeah, what's that going there's on something fundamentally yeah. wrong the, that kid is in danger yeah. like why would I put my own neck on the line yeah like I'm clearly not making this up for the fucking good of my health but there's a family in our village that everybody knows what was going on like there's a family down the road for me and social services were called a million times and nothing was done and then that little girl was unfortunately raped and she got taken away from her family and then she had two siblings and they were taken away from the family as well because they were all being abused. And social services were down there every couple of weeks. When you when you tell them you're coming, oh, yeah, when you're are you fucking thick like? Like in this thing as well, it's like if you're a kid, like you're terrified. You're just, mm. just going to do what you're told. You're terrified, but you're still in that thing where you're like, that's my mum. So I have to. But just I was super triggered by that part of it where they were like, she was nine years old and she knew how to mask. Yeah. Nine. And she was like, I have, right, I have to pretend everything's okay. Yeah. Like she went up and got swimming, went swimming that day after being like attacked by her mother and, up all night. I don't know, physically, but verbally attacked by her mother, being up all night, being screamed at. Yeah. Being, she was drugged. So obviously was slightly out of it and didn't know what was going on. And then it's like, she's nine. It's very sad. Anyway, stop having kids if you don't want kids is the moral of that fucking story. Buy a condom. They're not that expensive. Come on our back. Come on our back. <laughs> come on our back. Don't come on my back. Um, I mean, down. you did a very good job. That story was deeply upsetting. Very upsetting and incredibly sad. So upset. I was going to cry when you told the bit where they found her in the bed. Horrific. Like the the fact that the police heard her because he was obviously like put his hand over her mouth and was like, shut the fuck up now. I don't know if he did anything to her. Like, there's no... No one mentioned that. There was no evidence of him ever being sexually abusive. Or, Wouldn't he have been charged? Uh, that's what I was thinking. So I don't think he did anything to her. I think he was just... Plus, she... That Cara Matthews one absolutely knew who to target because that chap was not well. No. Like, at all. He had half the average IQ. He changed his name to a person from a, a TV show. That TV show, they're all aliens, right? V, yeah. And I was like, this clearly she went to this chap because, and then there was a part of the story I didn't mention actually where how they met, how she, it was Craig's uncle obviously, but she didn't know him very well, but they were at a party or something and uh, her, one of her friends came in to find her sitting on his lap, like grinding on him and shit. What? Yeah. So she was obviously had this idea in her brain and was like, I'll make a fool of this fella now. That's what she was doing. This was all premeditated, but I don't think it was for the money. I don't think it was for the money. Just like, I'll just I don't even think she cared about money. I really don't like because she was too busy living the life she wanted to live and wrapping curtains around her children so they could piss and shit in them. Sad. Stupid cunt. Anyway, that's the story. I'm very sorry if it's terrible and sad and awful. Um, you just have a thing for a bad kid story, man. I'm sorry. I, I was going to do the other one, the Lorena Bobbitt one, but then... Lorena Bobbitt. Here's why I didn't. I was Googling it at work. 
<laughs> and I was like, I have to stop this now because I am literally, all I'm seeing is woman chops off man's penis. And I was like, I've, no, I can't do this. So instead I obviously went for the horrific child story. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, that's it. Um, well, Emma, thanks very much. You're very welcome. What's your plans for the week? Um, I don't have any plans. Are you going to do anything nice for yourself? No. Uh, I don't know. No. Uh, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. I'm just hanging out. Okay. Uh, I am doing nothing. Watching any telly? No, I haven't actually been watching anything. I've been reading my Columbine book. I'm back to reading it because I've stopped having nightmares about school shootings. So that's mm. good. Um, are you doing anything for Easter? No. This would I'm, be an amazing costume. I'm not doing anything for Easter. A sexy she- seashell lady with a sexy uh, body contrast with seashells all over it. Um, the Easter bunny's coming. Hey! So I did all that yesterday for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, excuse me. And then... I don't know what I'm going to do. I was thinking about bringing Lily somewhere. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I've nothing planned. Because I suppose we're going to New York. Sometimes I think I'm a terrible mother. Uh... Shut the fuck up. Like... What are you talking about? Because you know when you're like... Lily gets more than any child I have ever met in my life. Like, she is so well looked after. Just because I'm like, you know... You're not putting her under a bed. Well, no, I haven't done that to her. Do you know what I mean? Like, Nor have I drugged her. So well Do you know how after? common it is for people to drug their children? Oh, man, why are you drugging Oh, yeah, because you told me about that Dozol stuff. Dozol, yeah. Like, that knocks them out, right? And it's... You don't even need a prescription for Dozol. Does the opposite to some of the kids in our family. Like, <laughs> My, I remember years and years ago, Richie hadn't slept in like four days when he was little. Yeah. And mum went down and got him do- dozzle. Out of his mind. Wired to the <laughs> fucking moon for two days. Hanging off the banisters. Like the fucking total opposite. Like you couldn't. Oh my God. I never even, I never even heard that. I had to go bring him stuff. to the doctor and be like, you need to tranquilize this child. Um, I'd never heard of that stuff until you mentioned it. Yeah, but Richie has a What's real. What's it? Dozol. Dozol. And some people give it to their kid if they're on a plane or whatever. Oh, that makes sense. Um, Drug them kids. But Richie used to, um, Richie was the same with E-numbers. You had a real oh, aversion to them. Oh, yeah. That's why they were banned over here. A lot of them were banned. Well, the um, yellow and the red is banned. Um, and in America, it's like, come get it. <laughs> come get all these E-numbers. I was just thinking the other day, actually. I was like, I have to find somewhere that sells uh, actual chocolate in the States when we're over there. Because I can't be any other Hershey's bullshit. Can you get, like, Nestle? They're Kit Kat w- and all that. Where would I get Cadbury's? Just bring it over with you. Some fucking Irish shop. And they're like, $75 for a Cadbury's caramel. I'll just bring it over with you. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm going to bring it over with me. Um, they're going to be like, oh, this is stupid. There's going to be tea bags in my bag. Yeah. There's going to be fucking chocolate in my bag. I can't bring butter. Why but they have Kerry Girl. Why can't we bring butter? Because I'll melt. I'll tell you now how we get the butter across <laughs> the fucking board. Are we going to get one of the, we can't. We can't use those I have a little bags. freezer bag. We can't use them on thingies. Why can't you? Because they affect the x-rays. You can't bring them. I actually saw that happen to a lady um, who was bringing across food. I saw it happen to her and uh, they were the guy just went to her. And she was like, what? She rolled up. She's like, what? He was like, you can't bring these bags. Why not? Yeah. She had like loads of food. In I have to take the sausages <laughs> and the rashes and the cuddle. Um, but yeah, I want to bring tea bags. I want to bring... There's Kerrygold in the States. We'll get Kerrygold in the States. Sure, we don't need it. No, that's true. Because you'll just be like eating that fucking shite butter they put in the pancakes. Oh, Jesus, yeah, it's rotten. Muck. Uh, but yeah, it'll be pack, grand. I got a pocket full of sunshine. I got Might a look, have a look. Might do the old Irish person and look for Whoa. an Irish shop. I shall look for an Irish shop. Take on. me away. I'm going to look for an Irish shop on the uh, on the east side. Hold on. On the east side, the baby. East side, baby. I'm going to be like, is there an Irish shop close to our fucking hotel? 99, baby. Uh, 
Freeman Alley. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for listening to our boring podcast. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm typing Irish shop. Irish shop. Well, everybody. Let's see. Hold on. No, no, they, they need to know. Carrick Moore Irish shop. There you go. I've got something to say. But... Oh, it's two hours of never mind. Yeah, fuck that. Um, I just like to say thanks to everybody. I hope. What happens in Easter? Does Jesus come back to life? Uh, Jesus. Yeah, so Good Friday they put him on the cross. He is risen from, from the, the dead, dead and he is Lord. Good man, Jesus. I am here Amen. now. It is my I Lord. <laughs> um, who is saying that in the song? I have heard him calling his sexy girlfriend. Is it? Uh, Jesus is back. She's so happy. What's her name? Mary Magdalene. It, I thought it was Downton Thomas. That's <laughs> <laughs> the most random thing you've ever said. No, Downton, what was Downton Thomas' problem? He doubted everything. Downton <laughs> Thomas was like, no, Jesus is like, what are you talking about? Nonsense, bullshit. And they were like, <laughs> and then they were like, off. they were like, Jesus is risen from the dead. And he was like, I believe. But he wasn't singing that song, was he? I thought he was that bit in the song oh, It is I Lord If anybody can answer the Because we're not going to Google it uh, Jesus Easter Chocolate What's your favourite thing about Good Friday? Because I've got one of my favourite things ever about Good Friday I have anything because I'm in work are you, Is yours that people get really annoyed that the pubs are closed? No I do enjoy that uh, But they don't close anymore Oh they're open on Easter on Yeah yeah um, That's two years in a row now um, My favourite thing about Good Friday is when it rains and your ma goes, oh, it's the time they're putting them on the cross. It always rains when they were putting them on the cross. I have... Now, I come from a Catholic household and I have never heard that before. My granddad, like, I remember it'd be raining on Good Friday and they'd be like, oh, yeah, it always rains about three o'clock just when they put them on the cross. I said, how did they know it was three (laughs) o'clock? My mother... And it's not three o'clock in fucking Israel where it happened. My mother's everything to say. This is gospel (laughs) truth. There was only one man that was ever six foot exactly and it was our Lord. She fully believes that no other man on the planet is exactly, exactly six, six foot, foot except our Lord. Really? Yeah, that's a thing. There's only one man that was ever six foot. And also, Jesus. who's God if he's not Jesus? God is Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus and God are the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is God and Jesus. Yeah, but it's God, Jesus is there. That's the tri- trifecta. He is, but he's also Jesus and Jesus is also God. But you know something... That makes sense, but people can't be gay. <laughs> Do you want, Do you as know? you were talking to me, you know that TikTok butterfly in the sky? <laughs> I can <read, laughs> <laughs> Take a look. look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> um, yeah, Jesus is the Lord. And then that's where they use the, the shamrock to be like three in one. I am go, one in him. Uh, Jesus is the rice. And he is he's one in me. He's the curry and he's the chips. And he's the Lord the is the chips one. and the curry and the rice. And I the actually, Spirit could we start a new religion? But can it be Catholic based? But could we base it around a Chinese menu? Absolutely. They'd be like, uh, the body of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the rice. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, that's a good Christ mass. beautiful, good magic. Jesus Christ, that's a good mass this week. It was good mass this week. <laughs> she must have been up all night. <laughs> What's a foreign one? What? What's a foreign one? It's got chicken balls. It's chicken balls. Chicken balls, chips, rice, curry sauce. Ah, okay. I saw an American lady on Instagram the other day talking about spice bags. Yeah. And I was like... Have they only made it over there now? We've we've moved over. 
to the to the Yanks. Yeah. The Yanks are eating spice bags. It's a total dope thing. It's well, Irish fucking beautiful. Thing. A spice. Oh, Jesus, a spice bag is fucking beautiful. It is a beautiful thing. Uh, when if you ever come right. to Ireland, get a spice bag. But don't go to any of those fucking posh places to get a spice bag. Come to <laughs> like where? Where did you get a posh like, place? Like, would you go to Donnybrook and get a spice bag? No. They're like so. Um, it's a secret. No, you got a vegan essentially. Go. Uh, um, Down where Craig lives in Killinard. Uh, get yourself a spice bag. Lambs in Ballyfermot. Lambs in Ballyfermot. I love uh, China House. China House? Yeah, remember that time you were here and Colin got that curry and it was really oh, good? Fuck yeah, that was Fucking amazing. Beautiful. Go to China House. But China House and Ballyfermot sponsors. Yeah! We'll do The Body of Christ Compels You, Jesus Christ and Rice. There's so many. I'm going to look at all the menus. Yeah, we got to. We'll change everything to like a religious connotation and have a great time. Crispy Judith. Sweet and sour. Sweet and sour Judith. Sweet and sour Judith. We'd have. I don't know. We have to do a brain dump now. We have to do. We have to do anyway, happy, happy Easter, Easter honey. So much. Happy Easter, I hope God yeah. comes back. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, like, I mean, at the end of if your he event, doesn't come back, it's still Easter. I know what you've done. That's terrifying. I know what you fuckers have Could done. Could you fucking imagine? Dirty bastards. Like. I just, religion mad? I just think the it's whole. It's too late for this conversation. <laughs> religion is mad. I think the whole Easter thing is mental. Yeah. Like in school, you'd be like, what are you giving up for Lent? I'd be like, fucking nothing. I gave up, sh- I used to give up um, sweets all the time. And it was a fire hazard. There was always candles lit in there school. There was. Like, we'll come out and we'll light Lenten candles. That's candle how long now. the, 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 what you call it, Longford burned down. What? School? The church, not the church, the cathedral in Longford burned down. Because they lit candles. See that the Lenten candles? So then go? when it, they built back in our, our church in Legan as well, they have like the electronic ones, which is not the same. Because mm. you drop, in the, you drop time, in the 20 cent. For my all time favourite thing to do. And my Please don't let me be a homosexual. Please take away the gay thoughts. <laughs> Jesus! Like, Mum used to like just refuse to let me go into a church. Why? I go and blow all the candles. You little shitbag. <laughs> I always say to my mum, they get more money this way. <laughs> I used to love lighting candles. Oh. Like I didn't clue what was going on, but I was like, I love this. Light candle for your grandma. Well, I tell you what, I love. What? I love the smell of a church. I, l- I love the smell of a church. Like I, the one where they swing the incense. No, just when you go in, I just love the smell of a church because everything that's happened is there. Like it smells so nice. Like the candles smell of, but they used to not anymore. Oh, did you in all the other churches? I no, think. not my church. They got rid of it because of Longford Cathedral. I'm not laughing at Longford Cathedral. Poor Longford Cathedral. They had some really expensive really Harry Clark now. windows that were like priceless. Yeah. Our, like, our stained glass windows in Leeds are fucking beautiful. Like, it's only when you get older you're like, wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah, churches are pretty. Church, churches are gorgeous. Well, it depends. But um, when I, that was my favourite thing. I'd go in and she'd be like, do you want to say, uh, do you want to light a candle for your granddad? And I'd be like, hey, let me light the candle. Can I light the candle? Yeah. Can I use the fire? Yeah. And she'd be like, uh, no, Sarah. I'd be you like, no. have those taper, you know, the, the long taper yeah. things that you'd, that's like Becky. That's how Becky like... lit, um, lit our, ch- our priest on fire. <laughs> those taper ones. <laughs> Poor Father Brady. Jesus, he got mangled. <laughs> he got mangled, he did. I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> it brings them closer to God. It did. But like, but like Becky said he just went, and his hands were like, burned to a crisp. And I said, what should you do? And Becky said, I laughed. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's lucky for you. Uh, well, happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter. We, we don't hope God comes back. Because well, that could be a bit... But do you not get chocolate if God doesn't come back? What is this <laughs> you've created in your head? 
That's what happens at Easter. You don't get chocolate of God. I don't think chocolate has anything to do with the Christ thing. Is chocolate just an Easter bunny? It's just, yeah. It's just then why do we get chocolate? It's because you've ended Lent. Maybe. I always thought oh, it was that Easter is the end of Lent, yeah. I always thought that God had risen and you'd been good and given up all the shit for Lent so now you get an egg of chocolate. I don't think that's it, but you know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope that everything works out well and you get I think I should rewrite the Bible. Are you going to get me an Easter egg? I'll get you an Easter egg. Yay! What do you want? Galaxy Caramel. Oh, for fuck's sake. What? It's a good They're one. They're so dim. Say <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye. I'd love a gal- Galaxy Caramel Look Easter egg. Look at the Tesco's with Ah, good one. Polly! Watch out. Ricky's a 